Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted Social Distancing Style from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz, coming to you from our home offices, nowhere near the banks of the Fox River. But uh, Wes, the Packers schedule for 2020 is out, and so we will spend this episode pontificating about said schedule. When you saw it, what was your first impression? Uh, very interesting. And it's it's funny, I, I mentioned this during our three things videos, and I don't want to just keep, you know, parroting myself here, but it, it, uh, that's the thing that always strikes me. You can do these things a hundred times, you can do all these different types of schedules. There always ends up being some kind of weird thing that happens that's never happened before that you didn't realize until you look at this year's schedule. I think back to, I think it was what, Jacksonville in, in 16. That was the first time the Packers had like back-to-back -back road games to start a season in like 97 years. Crazy. Uh, this one, it's a very small little factoid in it. Obviously, a lot of questions still out there about what's going to happen, but the Green Bay Packers have never opened a season at Minnesota before. Lo and behold, here we are in 2020. First time in, what, 59 years for the Minnesota Vikings openers? They're going to host the Green Bay Packers in an opener, or at least scheduled to. So yeah, that's the part of it I love about, the, you know, you, get, you, you look at the schedule and you try to figure out different little things and factoids and weird stuff that happens and there's your one because I tell you right now Mike if you I, it all started when I was looking through it like okay when was the last time the Packers started the season in Minnesota oh it hasn't happened before <laughs> well and the Packers certainly this was to be expected the Packers have uh, the maximum five primetime games at least at this point in terms of how the schedule lays out and you know the flex scheduling late in the year you know things can change and all that but uh, a couple of things about that that struck me. One is that, of course, the Packers' trip to New Orleans is once again in prime time. Aaron Rodgers has played against Drew Brees at the Superdome in New Orleans twice, 2008, 2014, both times in prime time. So, of course, this one's in prime time again. But the one yep. that's not in prime time <laughs> is Aaron Rodgers against Tom Brady down yeah. in Tampa I don't know what deal with the devil Fox Sports made here, Wes, but I am telling you, I was absolutely 100% convinced that game would be in primetime, Rodgers against Brady. But Fox somehow managed to prevent that game from going to either NBC or ESPN for a primetime slot. It's a late afternoon. It'll obviously be the national Sunday doubleheader down in Tampa. And hey, from a work standpoint, I'm not complaining because road games in prime time are the hardest for us. Flying back in the middle of the night, trying to write our stories and update the website on the plane at, you know, two, three in the morning. It's not fun. Okay. So I'm not complaining from a work standpoint that this game is not in prime time. I'm just stunned that it's not in prime time. Well, and like Mike, look at it this way too, right? New Orleans, in Green Bay, you expect that to be in prime time. Atlanta and Green Bay, okay, the history there with Matt Ryan, potentially in prime time. San Francisco, that's been a big rivalry here as of late. Chicago, Tennessee, if you would have laid out all five of those primetime games and then also threw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in there, I would have said whatever combination that those five are going to be, the Buccaneers are going to be in one of those permutations, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. they weren't. Uh, to see a, a 3.25 central start time for that matchup, uh, it blew me away because in 2018, we were raw. You know, we, you don't get these opportunities to, to see Rodgers and, and, and Brady very often. And, and here's one that just falls into everybody's lap. And unfortunately for the Green Bay Packers, and, and I think a lot of 
national people, fans, uh, they're not going to get that in prime time. My guess would be is, you know, I'm, that Fox would end up throwing that into a, a national spotlight yet, even if it is yeah. at 325. Yeah, I think it absolutely will be there. But uh, the other uh, the other thing that really struck me when I first saw the schedule, Wes, the Packers buy is scheduled for week five. So sort of your first quarter of the season, weeks one through four. But then the game at Tampa Bay, Rodgers versus Brady, starts the post-buy stretch. Yeah. And that actually becomes sort of a gauntlet here for the Packers through the middle portion of the schedule because after the game at Tampa Bay, the Packers are going to play three teams that were playoff teams in 2019 consecutively in a span of just 12 days. You go on the road to Houston, you come home to play Minnesota. The second game with the Vikings is done by November 1st, which is another thing to me that's weird about this schedule that by the midway point, essentially the Packers and Vikings are done playing. So that's odd, but at Houston, then Minnesota, and then at San Francisco on a Thursday night. So in a span of 12 days, including a four-hour West Coast trip on a short week, you're playing three teams that made the playoffs in 2019. That's going to be, I don't like to call things make or break because that early in the season, nothing's necessarily make or break. But we're going to find out a lot about the 2020 Green Bay Packers as they navigate that portion of the schedule, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's very interesting, and, and you laid it out there perfectly in terms of what the Packers are potentially going to be up against. The other thing that I keep going back to is, yeah, you have that Thursday night game against San Francisco, a lot of bad memories there for Green Bay. You do come home and you get Gardner Minshew, likely, uh, in the Jacksonville Jaguars, but then you're going to Indianapolis, and then who's waiting for you there? Uh, it's Phillip Rivers, one of the big <laughs> thorns in the Packers' side here over the last 10 years. So uh, there are – it's going to be a big challenge. And I think when you look at the true story of this schedule and the way it lays out, uh, it, it goes back to what I was saying before. I mean, the, last year they kind of hit a gauntlet too there in the middle of the season. This is where you get challenged. This is where your grit and determination really gets stressed. And it's going to be a make-or-break moment, I think, for the Packers at times working through that. The other thing that is interesting, because I know there were some reports out there about, okay, they're going to put all the division games in, in the last month of the season, or they're going to load things up depending on all this. The fact that both of the Minnesota games uh, ended up getting, you know, put into the first eight weeks of the season. That's very interesting because the last few years, there's been a lot of marquee matchups between those two teams late in the year. And now here they are uh, two teams that have been, I would say the most consistent performers in the NFC North and really the conference in general over the last five, 10 years. And now you're going to knock both of those out in the first two months of the season. That's very interesting to see that play out the way it did. Yeah. And I don't want to sound like somebody who's complaining here, but the, the Packers, and the Packers are not the only team to have this happen to them. I think, you know, this Thursday night game at San Francisco, having teams have to travel across multiple time zones on a short week to play a Thursday night game, that to me, that is such a disadvantage for the road team. You know, the Packers did it a couple years ago, having to go to Seattle to play a Thursday night game. And the Packers were actually winning that game, if I'm not mistaken, at the end of the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, you know, Seattle took over and, and ended up uh, – pulling that out in front of their home fans. I, this travel, the travel type of thing on a short week, you would just think that more of those would be either a division game or something that's just, you know, a, a 60 minute, 90 minute flight, something like that. A four hour flight on a short week. The Packers are going to come off that second game against Minnesota on November 1st on a Sunday afternoon. And then on Wednesday afternoon, they're taking a four-hour flight to the West Coast to get ready to play the San Francisco 49ers in an NFC Championship rematch. 
from the logistical part of it all, to me, that that's the one thing that I look at as like, wow, that is going to be something incredibly difficult for the Packers to overcome. Outside of later season Thanksgiving games, uh, Packers have played a lot of meaningful ones uh, in, in my time on the beat. But conversely, in my eight years of covering the NFL and, and covering the Green Bay Packers on a day-to-day basis, I don't think I've ever learned anything about them in a Thursday night game in this structure. And it's yeah. one of the reasons why yeah. I know you were a big pro wrestling fan when you were a kid, as was I. <laughs> uh, here, here's the thing. You have your flagship shows, right? If you're a pro wrestling company, those are the ones that you get the ratings on. Those are the ones that everybody's eyeballs are glued on. But then you also have the smaller shows where it's maybe an hour and it's a lot of the, you know, the lower card wrestlers on there. For whatever reason, the NFL a few years ago decided, you know what, we're going to not only start taking these Thursday night games, the lower, you know, show, mm-hmm. we're going to start putting primetime matchups in there. And I think that's robbing the league and it's robbing teams of seeing really good high caliber football. I, I've taken issue with that. I, I go back to what you were saying. I think that these should be games where there isn't as much spotlight on the talent there. There isn't, you know, going to be the, the Packers versus the 49ers, a, a rematch of the NFC championship or the Packers versus Seattle, their biggest rival out of the division over the last 10 years. Let's get back to like getting, you know, some matchups between the Packers and the lions or, or, you know, some of these teams, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I don't understand. It's Thursday Night Football. There's no other game in town. Right. Other than trying to showcase superstars, I don't understand the need to have those teams always facing off against each other. You have that on Sunday Night Football. You have that on Monday Night Football. I get there's television contracts that go into that, but I also think that's a real shame because the Packers very easily could win that game. You don't know how these Thursday Night games go. A lot of weird stuff can happen. But I never really felt like after one of those games, I've learned really that much about either team because of just how strange the circumstances are in which they have to play that game. Yeah. And when you look at the way the schedule finishes up for the Packers, it's interesting. And of course, you know, who knows what's going to happen with the dates and how this actually falls. But if you look at Thanksgiving, once you get past Thanksgiving, the Packers are playing four of their last six games at home at Lambeau field. And then one of the two road games is the finale at Chicago. So that sets up, if everything falls into place, that sets up as a lot of cold weather football for the Green Bay Packers down the, down the stretch. And hey, Wes, for the first time in however many years, the Packers are not playing the Lions in week 17. The NFC North finale is against somebody else, and it's going to be at Soldier Field this time. With all due respect to the Lions, there's been some memorable games over the last four years. I am so sick and tired of that regular season finale. <laughs> We went for a while there, Mike, where it was like every year it was a different NFC North team that they were facing. Yeah, they were they they would rotate it, and that yeah. they got into this stretch because not only, of course, then has it been Packers Lions for you know a handful of years in a row, but that means it's also been Vikings Bears for the yeah. last however many years in a row. So there, it it uh, you know it eliminates the variety, you know, not just for a couple of teams, but for a couple of others as well. So it's just been strange, but yes, the Packers. Week 17 will not be against Detroit. It will be at Chicago against the Bears. Yeah, and before they got into this run of facing the Lions every year, it also those were really meaningful games. How many of those games, Mike, reflects uh, from the Packers versus the NFC North into prime time when you think of 2013, the last time they played the Bears at Soldier Field to close out the regular season? It's one of the most memorable games that I've ever covered. Uh, and how that one ended. Certainly the matchups that they had with the uh, Minnesota Vikings as well. So 
least to see some fresh, you know, blood thrown in there a little bit, a different type of matchup, a different type of narrative. I'm all for it. It would be great to get some of these at Lambeau Field. It seems like they're traveling quite a bit here to close out the regular season. But yeah. uh, be that as it may, it, it is. It's an interesting final stretch. A lot of cold weather games, a lot of, you know, tough and dirty black and blue division type of matchups. So uh, that, that part of it's definitely. Yeah, one other thing to throw at you just to backtrack a little bit. What do you think the players' opinion, because they don't care about our opinion, but what do you think the players' opinion would be of the week five bye? It strikes yeah. me as the players would say, boy, that's early. We wish it were, you know, maybe about a month later or so. Too early. Uh, yeah, and week four is the earliest I think that it can go, right? And that's only three yeah. teams or four teams. So to have it at week five, Packers did get kind of lucky for a few years. It was in that middle. Last year was very late. Uh, part of the season that's typically more towards where you want it to be at but I remember talking to TJ Lang and some other guys about this in the past and you know how they would mention when the schedule release came out the only thing that they really cared about the only thing they looked at was where that week that bye week was for them and and where they'd be getting their rest Um, you never know Uh, I go back to 2013 the Packers had a week four bye and they were beat up going into that that week (laughs) four bye already so you you never can be too how the season's going to lay out but being in week five that is a little bit early the closer it is to that September first week of October uh, that's typically not the way they want us to line up I'm sure one way the players will look at it is you know they play their first four games you get a bye then that second set of four ends on a Thursday night so then you kind of get a weekend off the little mini bye like they like to talk about and then you head into the back half the you know games nine through sixteen Uh, without a break and, um, you know, heading through that stress through November and December, as we said, with a lot of cold weather on tap. You know, it was a weird thing too. And I I didn't put this in the story that we're running on our website. And I don't think you mentioned it in your column, but uh, the Green Bay Packers, like the whole thing on Thanksgiving against the Lions, that's just gone by the wayside. It's Uh, disappeared. Yeah. yeah, The the Packers will play the Lions in week two at Lambeau. And then they play in Detroit uh, in, in December, December 13th, I believe it is. So there was a time there where every other year it was the Green Bay Packers traveling to Detroit for those Thanksgiving matchups. And fortunately for me, it being my favorite holiday, I've been able to keep my turkey roll at home here the last five years. There you go. There you go. Well, one other thing. Okay, so the Packers have the maximum, as in the original schedule, the maximum five primetime games. How many primetime games do you think the Packers end up playing on this schedule? Do you think anything gets flexed or changed? Do you think it ends up being six? Like, what are your thoughts? It'll end up being six. It always does. Uh, I've covered this long enough. I think I made the line an insider inbox uh, at four and a half. And realistically, it ended up being north of that for how many would be on the schedule. You and I can pencil this in. The Packers, they're one of the most iconic franchises in the league. I know that people sometimes can think that's a cliche, but you can look at the ratings in the Aaron Rodgers era, going back to the Brett Favre era. Uh, those two guys put butts in couches to watch these matchups. So uh, for that reason, I think they'll have five, and I think somewhere along the line, wherever it might be, that they'll throw in that sixth one. Because the fact of the matter is, I think maybe one of them out in 2017 or 18, one of those season games where the Packers were kind of struggling. But there were so many other things happening at that time that you understood it. If Aaron Rodgers is healthy, if the Packers are in contention, they're going to have the bright lights shining on them. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Well, with that, we will sign off on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage, all of the ins and outs of the schedule, videos, stories, everything is on the website, Packers.com. Have a good weekend, everybody. For Wes, I am Mike. Take care. We will see you next time.